You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How is everybody doing? Your Thursday edition of Locked On Browns brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. If you heard in the background there, uh, I can't have my guest here this evening, Jeff Risden, without a little Allison Chains going. Uh, we've always had that bond. You know, maybe it's a Jeff thing, you know, things of that nature. Uh, if you're talking grunge bands, that's it. There's only one. It's Allison Chains. Uh, we're going to get into some stuff here. Uh, obviously, like I said, the sponsor tonight, mybookie.ag. Me and Jeff will give you a couple of picks a little later. Uh, Jeff Risden, Browns Wire, Texans Wire, uh, Radio in Michigan, uh, Podcasting. Uh, Jeff, you're a man of many hats, buddy. How you doing? Uh, I, I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks for coming on, and thanks for playing me with some Allison Chains. Uh, as you know, that's that's my favorite 90s band. So I, I I love them enough that I named my son after their singer uh, who died with heroin needles in his toes. That's how big big of an influence they've been on me. So uh, thanks, man. It's great to be with you. Uh, and I always like to go with the Unplugged show. Uh, it was nice. You know, I had a college roommate who was interning at MTV that time. They needed some plain clothes security. So me and my roommates got to do it. I will tell you right now, I did not one thing related to the job I was asked for that. I was simply there for the free ticket. I don't care. I will Oh, my goodness. I, uh, I'm insanely jealous of you, Jeff. <laughs> oh, I, I hold no bones. Uh, you know, and then even afterwards, you know, my roommate, he's like, I, I don't think they're going to pay you guys. <laughs> Dude, you think I care? You really think <laughs> I care? I was a college student. How was I getting into that show otherwise? Um, but, uh, Jeff, first things first, how's everything going with Browns Wire, Texans Wire? You're as busy as they come. I mean, I know you're like me. you got two young kids at home. And, look, in, you know, it, it's fun when you, funny when you talk with your parents and, like, oh, it seems like you're ki- with your kids a lot. No, it's just the way it works nowadays. You know, pretty much everybody has a working, you know, a working marriage. Both, you know, wife works, dad works. Everybody juggles the ball. But how's everything going with you and the kids? Oh, it's going great. Uh, I'm actually single dadding this week. My wife is uh, is jet setting all about the world. She's in uh, where's she? At? She's in Germany this week. So uh, it's uh, it's crazy time. You know, last week was quite a week because uh, I had Deshaun Watson get hurt and Josh Gordon get reinstated on the same day. Uh, that was that was a fun day for me. Uh, but it, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I get to watch football for a living and talk about it for a living. So uh, life is good. And actually, it was funny since you brought that up because, uh, you know, uh, last week, you know, running around, I was actually picking up my youngest, had my oldest with me, picking up my youngest at the tutor, you know, check Twitter real quick. I'm like, why did I just get 11 tweets about Josh Gordon? And I was like, oh, oh, here we go. Oh, boy, here we go. You know, so it's set to a whole rewrite for that tonight's show. I mean, it's just the way it works. And, and literally, well, I mean, it must have dropped, what, 30 minutes between that and Deshaun Watson. Before we get into the Browns and we get into the Lions, um, you know, I do want to bring up Deshaun Watson. Uh, he'd become such a face of the NFL. And, look, Houston needed it. You know, yes, J.J. Watt was a big part of that franchise and the face of that franchise. But it's always something different when you have that corner, uh, the, the quarterback. And, obviously, you know, and Deshaun took to that city so quickly. Um, just give a couple of words here on like how significant of a blow that was for that franchise. Oh, it, it's devastating. Uh, they went from, I mean, they, they had as bad of a quarterback situation as the Browns have had for years and years and years. They had one hiccup year from Matt Schaub where he was great. And after that, they've had 
I mean, a lot of the same guys, actually. I mean, Brian Hoyer went through there, Brock Osweiler. Uh, now, Osweiler was good enough in Houston to win a playoff game last year, and and he did play well in that game, and, and that still bugs me that the Browns quit on him a little bit more than than they should have, but that, that that's a story for another time. I, I, I would have liked to have seen Brock Osweiler stay in Cleveland, but the fact that Watson was so transcendent, um, not just, you know, with with Houston, but the fact that everybody around the league loved this guy, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he came from Clemson where he beat Alabama, and you either love Alabama or you really, really freaking hate Alabama. <laughs> and he was the guy who beat them, and that, that earned him a lot of points. And just the fact that he's so charitable and so natural of a guy, very easy charisma. He was everything you want in your franchise leader, and losing him has been – I mean, they lo- they lost three of their five best players in a month. Uh, they lost JJ Watt and Whitney Merciless is a guy that doesn't get enough love around the league. A fantastic outside linebacker, one of the the best all around players in the league. It doesn't get credit for it, and uh, man, it, it, it's 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 a real sad situation in Cleveland or uh, in Houston now. Uh, it's you know, it's not the factory of sadness that Cleveland is, uh, which I grew up with, but <laughs> it's. Uh, it, it's tough, man. It, it, I, I'm not going to lie. That, that was a team that I thought could win multiple playoff games this year. And now that they, they play the Rams this week, they're going to be three and six. They're going to be looking at, you know, four and 12, five and 11, most likely. That's that's tough for a team that had legitimate, you know, big time postseason aspirations even just, you know, three weeks ago. Yeah. And even like when it first went down and we, we, I first spoke about it, the one thing like, look, I noticed, you know, you know, my daughter's in fifth grade. You know, I, you know, I take my kids to school every day. And, and I was seeing the jerseys and look, you know, here we are in New Jersey and, you know, you know, one day I saw three different Deshaun Watson jerseys and it was like, all right, you know, this is, this is where this is at. This is how big this kid has become in such a short period of time. And even with the Watt injury, the merciless injury, you know, I thought everything was going to be able to overcome. But once now that Watson's gone and then you factor back in the McNair comments and look, those guys may say what they want. I'm sure that's still, a, you know, an issue there. Oh, yeah. Yes, and, it is. <laughs> and now, but, I mean, there's nowhere. I mean, this is a straight fall flat on your face because the one thing I think these guys had is, you want to know what, man? This rookie over here, number four, uh, we're going to be all right with this kid. And now that he's out of the equation, this is just an absolute recipe for a disaster. But we have Browns-Lions here this week. And, look, you, obviously, you know, as much as you know, obviously the Browns, uh, you know, the Lions, you know, living in Michigan as well as, you know, the Lions, I figured, you know, perfect to get on this week. Um, we'll start with the strong point of the Cleveland Browns here, uh, the defense. Uh, these Browns fans, I mean, everybody just wants to all of a sudden expect this team to be a Super Bowl contender. You know, and I never like to use the rebuild you know, word here because that means, that implies that maybe at some times it was built. It hasn't been built. But, <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> but well with said. The front, but with the front office and what they've done at this point, I, I love the D. I love what they got going on. Obviously, Greg Williams you know, really desperately wants a free safety. Which is fine. I mean, I understand what they're doing and trying to do it. And, you know, I know, I think they realize that they don't have that guy. But other than that, let's talk a little about the D, you know, as good as they are now and how good can they become? Oh, there's a whole lot of talent on this on this defense. I, I love, you know, they have talent, legit good talent at all three levels. I mean, aside from Miles Garrett being just, oh, my God, he's good. He's he's going to be a lot of fun to watch for a very long time. He's going to be a very real problem for opposing offenses for a long time. He makes Agba better. He makes Shelton better. He makes Trevon Coley and Larry Ogunjobi better. Uh, and, and the guys behind him, I, I, I've said this since since they got Joe Schobert and I saw him in training camp this year and, and looked fantastic. They have the fastest three linebackers in the league as a trio. 
with, with Kirksey and, and Schobert and Collins. Now, they don't always all play well at the same time. And I think that's sort of a, a, a that, that's been a Greg Williams trait throughout his career. He, he get he has really good players and and when they when they're all on the same page it's great but th- there is a lot of room for individual responsibility and if it's not perfectly sharp there there will be errors on it um, as you know I'm a huge Brian body Calhoun fan I uh, have been for a long time he's, he's one of my favorite players in the league so I'm happy that he's finally starting to get some love Jason McCordy having a career year at corner. Derek Kindred, probably the best run-stuffing safety in the league. There's a whole lot of reason to really, really like the defense, but uh, it could be better. I, I, I still think that there's some coordination issues, and that's not a shot at, at the coordinator, Greg Williams. That's a shot at, at a lot of young players who haven't played together learning how to be together, and I think they will get that. So I think the defense is definitely looking up and going forward and uh you know it, it's it's an exciting group it really is they they spent a whole lot of money and draft investment into it and to me it hasn't paid off fully yet but but this this is a a potential top 5 defense probably not this year but maybe in the next year and the year after that it's built for the long haul and it's built to be really really dang good yeah and and what you've seen with the limited you know with the limited time that Miles Garrett has played is just you know they get this you know, feeling that, you know, I mean, it's almost like, you know, because they, you know, they take so many jokes. They get this feeling when Miles Garrett's out there, which makes the coverage easier, makes everybody's job easier. Because when you have a guy that can get to the quarterback in probably two seconds flat, it just makes everybody's job that easier. I think Minnesota, that could have been a winnable game if Miles Garrett played. I, I will go to my deathbed saying that that Jet game should have come down to a final two minutes of a 10 10. Hugh, you know, took three points off the boy. Well, took the three points off the board, going for it on fourth and two with a with a dive with Crowell. You know, he got his one point eight cab. They should have won that game. But that's you know, that's a story yet for another day, another time. Locked on Browns, uh, episode one eleven. We got Jeff Risden with us here. You know, from Browns Wire, uh, from Texans Wire. Obviously knows the Lions very well. Um, Jeff, the offense. Look, I was a Kaiser guy. I know you weren't a very high Kaiser guy. Um, is the marriage between him and Hugh? Is it a workable marriage? Maybe with a better wide receiver core. Um, look, he stumbled. Maybe he was started too early. I understand all that. But, uh, you know, Deshaun Kaiser, go ahead and speak on that. Yeah, my pre-draft line on Deshaun Kaiser, and, and y'all can look this up because it's, it's documented. I said it on several podcasts, too. The 2015 Notre Dame Deshaun Kaiser is a future NFL All-Pro, or quality starter anyways. The 2016 Notre Dame Deshaun Kaiser does not get a second NFL contract. And unfortunately, we've seen the latter so far. And I think some of that is the fact that he doesn't have a good supporting cast. I think some of it is the fact that they're not particularly well coached or coordinated. And I will say that, that the coordination on offense is a problem from the coordinator, who happens to be the head coach as well. Uh, it's they're, they're asking him to do too much, and, but at the same time, when they have simplified it, the, the only times he's really looked good were, were when when they, he got the ball out very quick. And he did that well early against Minnesota. He did it well a couple of other times, but he forgets about it. It's like he gets off script, or and, and it's just not there. He, he, it's a bad situation when you're both slow to process the field and inaccurate. And he's never going to be more than like a, a 58 59% passer. That's just the way he is. He, he's not blessed with that pinpoint accuracy. He makes up for it, though, with, by by being able to, to make big plays down the field. He has a great arm. He's good at throwing on the move. He's good at avoiding sacks. problem is he doesn't make those decisions fast enough yet, and that's not something, and unfortunately, I don't think we've seen enough improvement in that from point A to now 
where you can think that it's going to get a whole lot better. Uh, I, I wanted to be more optimistic about him, but the last couple of weeks, and, and some of it is the fact that I, I've watched other quarterbacks around the league who've come in and done so much better. Um, like C.J. Beathard was the guy uh, for the 49ers. I thought he was absolute crap at Iowa. He was he he was awful. I mean, he he was the reason why they didn't have a great offense at Iowa, or, or so it seemed. And he's been better than Kaiser. And I can't with a with a lousy supporting cast of his own, with a worse offensive line, and that that, that that's tough to justify. You know, keep. I, I'm glad that they went back to Kaiser, and I hope that they start him for the rest of the year because they need to see if he can be, if he can show that. But but thus far, man, I'm I'm. I'm not seeing it. I'm really not. Well, and I do think part of the issue is, is, you know, obviously he's throwing a lot of short passes, which, I mean, look, even though I was a fan, his short-term accuracy was terrible. It, that, that was blatantly obvious. You know, he excelled on, you know, the chunk passes, that type of stuff. And it, it doesn't help that every – it almost seems every play it's a different wide receiving core. I mean, granted, you're running out guys that are, you know, guys that you picked up <laughs> off the scrap heap. I mean, there was a fifth rounder that you cut, put on your practice squad, and he's starting the week later. Just, you know, just some crazy stuff that way. I mean, I think he's in a tough situation. I think Brian Kelly may have handled him better than Hugh Jackson's handling him at this point, which almost seems oh, terrible. Oh man! <laughs> but you know, that's kind of that, where we're at. That's an indictment more on Hugh because, uh, man, as you know, I live right by Notre Dame. I go to a couple of games every year. Yes, you do. Uh, Brian Kelly is. <laughs> Oh, what's the word without being profane? Um, insufferable, I think, is the best word. Not not a good coach. Was not a good fit for, for Deshaun Kaiser at all. And remember, he benched him twice when he was there, too. So this is not something new. His his inconsistency and erratic play have, have dogged him back to college, too. And, that's, and he's not a guy who responds well to when the coach goes negative on that. And Kelly is the master of going negative. And Hugh... For for his warm and cuddly and, and as much as we love Uncle Hugh, he can get nasty uh, <laughs> behind closed doors. Uh, I, I know some players have talked about it in the past in Cincinnati. He, he when he gets fired up, he can really go. And I think he, I, I think his way of trying to reach Kaiser because Kaiser always he's always going to say the nice right thing when he's in public. He's he's very poised and composed and mature beyond his years. But if if he's just saying it and not doing anything about it, that doesn't really mean a whole lot. And I think I think we're getting to that point with him, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think you know, and we'll get we'll get to the my bookie picks here right after this. But I, I think the thing is, I don't you know, Hugh maybe capable of the head coaching job. I don't think Hugh is capable of a locker room of a bunch of 21, 22, and twenty three year old guys. I, I I just don't think it's working out. And you know, him you know pulling Kaiser, you know, trying to chase a W here and W there. Look, three and twenty-nine, two and thirty. It's not going to make any difference. I mean, there's no difference between that and one and thirty-one. The best chance you got is bonding with these kids, showing some development with these kids to save your job. But I mean, just a whole, you know, just a craptastic situation. Um, like I said, the when uh, the Thursday uh, sponsor for Locked On Browns, mybookie.ag. Jeff does a great column. I always, Jeff, sometimes I don't even find it, so I got to tweet Jeff and make sure I can find it. Jeff does a great pick column every week. <laughs> That's true. Part, you do tweet me about it when yes. I forget. That's nice. The best part about the pick column is the banter, though. I mean, I, I, yes, I'm looking for the picks, but I'm looking for the paragraph summary of, of, of each pick. So, Jeff, I'm going to let you give us two here. Uh, I've got four down, so this way, even if you take any games I was on, you know, I've got two to go. So give me two picks for this week. 
All right, I am taking the San Francisco 49ers to win outright at home against the New York Giants. Uh, I know the line has moved a little bit on this one. When I do the, the picks column, I write it down uh, as, as what's, what's on the general lines on Tuesday morning. And I think it's actually swung now where the, the 49ers might be favored, uh, which is weird to me. But they are the better team, and, and it sure seems like the Giants are falling apart at the seams. So I, I, I like I like the 49ers to get on the win column this weekend, uh, leaving the Browns as as probably the only winless team. Not to tip my hand there. So so I, I, I like San Francisco. The other game that I really like, and I hate to say this, but man, the the Los Angeles Rams uh, getting getting a giving a lot of points to Houston, and uh, Houston's going to need every single one of them, and they're still not going to make it. <laughs> I, I I like the Rams. The, the, the the Texans had a shot last week. I think if they would have beaten the Colts last week, I think they could have salvaged something. But uh, the way Tom Savage played up until the final two drives was, was that that's a team that's dead in the water, and that that's very unfortunate because they have such promise. But uh, the Rams, my God, how bad of a coach is Jeff Fisher that they do, they have the base, same basic team uh, and, and do this uh, have that least highest scoring offense now. With with Jared Goff and and Gurley looking fantastic, I I think the Rams win big this week. Yeah, well, I mean, two points on that. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Ben Albright had it today, and look, everything I read around here, you know, McAdoo, you know, he's done, he's gone. Um, he's got to be done. They have to su- get rid of him. You're suspending a corner. You're suspending a cornerback every other week. You know, and I think what the problem was is in I don't know if he you know dropped off on his job, but. As good as the Giants, you know, on paper, and everybody thought they were be, would be, it's such an it, it's so amazing. And part of it, and look, and it has to do with in the building, the Jets, who were supposed to be the Giants this year, are playing well. You know, and you know, I know the ownership, and I know the way the Giants franchise looks at the Jets. They always wanted to be little brother, and they're looking at all this turmoil, all this crap that's going on with the New York Giants. And the first thing they're going to say is, "All right, well, you got to go." And, you know, the GM is probably going to be right out the door behind him. That's the way it's going to work for them. And I agree with you. I, the Rams uh, – and the greatest thing about the Rams is they're fun to watch. It's some they different are fun, stuff. aren't they? Yeah. McVeigh's, you know, he's almost like – you know, like he had this stuff and like, you know, when he was working for other people, oh, hey, take a look at this. Dude, all right, now you're getting a little too excited. Now it's his job. He's getting to do everything he wants. You know, and look, the young guys, you know, the guys are buying in. You know, he's got Goff. You know, Goff is almost a polar opposite of who he was last year. So, I, I mean, I look forward to watching the Rams each and every week. Uh, I'll give two picks here. Um, Jets are going down to Tampa. Look, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you can play the revenge game, whatever you want. This Jets, D, uh, this Jets team, that that dance video the other day, I mean, I I have never seen the Jets go viral in my life for a good thing, and and it was just so great to see that there are so many guys, and even Muhammad Wilkerson for the first six weeks, you know, his typical "I got paid, I don't give a crap anymore," and all of a sudden Muhammad Wilkerson's like, "Well, crap, they might cut me. I don't want to leave." All of a sudden, this is good, this is fun, and he's playing hard again. Everybody's in these two rookie safeties. They have captured this locker room. They're laying one and a half at Tampa. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't want to hear about it. He's still Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't think he's understands what's changed since he left. Brandon Marshall left. All these vets left. So take the Jets in the one and a half. Lay the one and a half. I'm fine with that. Uh, the other one, Cincinnati Bengals, this is a team, nobody seems to really just want to just say it. You know, no, Hugh's going to go back to Cincinnati. To do what? This is a team that's probably going to move on from Andy Dalton. You know, they tried to, you know, sh- you know basically catch Cleveland's 
you know, in a dark moment by moving AJ, AJ McCarron off to him. Thank God somebody caught wind of that and stopped it before it happened. They're getting five against Tennessee. Tennessee's the better team. Corey Davis is now back. I think they're going to start to implement him, which should help Tennessee get stronger as these weeks go on. I'll take Tennessee, uh, you know, I'll lay the five against the Bengals. This is your mybookie.ag picks from Jeff Risen and myself. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, Jeff, uh, the Michigan guy, the Lions, the offense to this point. The issue, I, ha- I mean, I understand and I appreciate the commitment to the run. I mean, you know, Stafford did the 600 passing attempts per year. The run game, it, yes, it's nice that you're committing to it. It's not really working. Is it time to let Stafford <laughs> loose and open it up, or what do you think, bud? Oh, oh, absolutely, and this is the week to do it because the Browns have a fantastic – they have the league's best run defense, yards per carry, and it's not a fluke how they do it. I mean, the way that Derek Kindred run blitzes off the edge – we actually have a really good piece up uh, written by one of my contributors, Bryce Rossler, today – uh, documenting how they, they stage the run blitz and how, how great they are at setting up both Kirksey and Kindred to make those tackles for losses. The Lions' run game is, is ugh, it's, it's not good. Amir Abdullah is the lead back. He gets the ball way too many times where he's either stopped or he's running sideways. If you run sideways against this Browns defense, you're going down. And so this is a week, and, and we, we talked about this, uh, I, I, as you know, I, I, I cover the Lions for the radio show here in Grand Rapids, and uh, we talked quite a bit about how this is a week where we wouldn't mind seeing Matthew Stafford throw the ball 55 times because uh, the Browns' pass defense is their biggest vulnerability on defense, yeah, especially with McCourty and, and, and Body Man you know, kind of banged up and, and questionable, and, and Jabril Pepper is playing somewhere as a punt returner masquerading as a safety. <laughs> Oh God, uh, I, I I don't get that. I, uh. The will the will Fuller the will Fuller touchdown versus Houston was the classic. He was lined oh. up on the hash, twenty five yards deep, took two steps towards the center. Will Fuller ran a you know a freshman football flag pattern. Yes, and, he did. And He's not a good route runner. <laughs> why aren't you there? Well, I mean, that's the whole purpose of you is to not let anybody get behind you. And Will Fuller got behind you. Oh, but, there's a reason why Michigan moved him from cornerback to linebacker. <laughs> yeah, well, they saw they saw they saw him at safety, and he, <laughs> all right, no, you're a linebacker now at five yeah. foot ten and two hundred nine oh. pounds. Yeah, so so the Lions' offense, I mean, their their run offense, they they are they are better at run blocking this year. They have a couple of different tight ends who can actually do some some damage as run blockers. Eric Ebron much improved as a run blocker. Daniel Fells, I'm sorry, Darren Fells. I, I they're twins and it always confuses me. Darren Fells has been very good for the Lions in, in that number two tight end role of some, kind of a, a chip and release guy. He's getting a lot of run. So they have some potential to run well. The problem is their running backs don't necessarily fit with their scheme that they try to run. And uh, the, you know, the, the, it, it's just not there. Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick are the top two backs. They're both really quick. Neither one of them's fast. Uh, Abdullah's a 4-5 guy. Riddick is a 4-6 guy. So, so they're guys who can make you. I mean, they'll they'll break your ankles, but they're not going to pull away from you very often. So the the, the threat of the big play just isn't there. So uh, if I'm the Lions this week, I'm airing it out. I'm attacking, uh, especially with it looks like Kenny Galladay, the, the the rookie wide receiver, who's a big big time deep threat, um, unpolished, but but can get down the field and and he's six four, two fifteen, very strong, and and can 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 really catch the ball well away from his body. Uh, 
I, I would love to see the Lions throw the, the ball a lot this week if I'm a Lions fan, uh, which I am. So <laughs> I, I would love to see Matthew Stafford throw, you know, 45, 45 to 50 times in this game and, and run the ball just situationally, you know, keep them honest, keep keep the, the pass rushers because Miles Garrett is going up against uh, – well, Taylor Decker is the, the rookie left tackle last year was great. This will be his first week back. He's supposed to play – He's really good, but but he's he hasn't played all year. And, and coming Garrett, back against Malhouse Garrett, yikes. Yeah, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's a really tough draw because Garrett, man, whoo, oh god, he's fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. So and and the, the 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 Lions' offensive line, they're they're okay. The, their thing is, there's always like one guy on every play who doesn't do his job well, and it's just figuring out which guy that you need to attack on any given play. That you can exploit. Uh, it, it, it's really weird like that. It, it pisses Lions fans off to no end because you never know who it's going to be. Um, so so it, it, this is actually a, a good matchup for Greg Williams' front being so aggressive because they're going to put a lot of pressure on on that line to make the right decision. And, and that's a line. They have good players. They have good talent, especially the right side. T.J. Lang just played the best game of, of his Lions career uh, on Monday night against his old team in Green Bay. Rick Wagner at right tackle is a guy who's either he's either an all pro or or a practice squad guy on every play. There's no in between with him. He's either really good or awful. And if you can catch him when he's awful, I mean Ogba can eat on this. Nate Orchard can eat on this. It, it, it's a it, it's the Lions are a really weird team because they have so much talent, but yet they also can be so bad, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, and that was the thing. I mean, you know, me here in New Jersey, I kind of got a little fooled into it, you know, because, you know, the Monday night game where they basically came in and, you know, handed the Giants their lunch, you know, that was still then we maybe thought that the Giants were going to be a decent team. Maybe that was just, you know, the starting of it. And look, you know, the injuries for the Giants, yes, you know, a lot of them and losing your entire wide receiver core, but there was nothing, even with all those guys, all the makings of a 5-11, a 6-10 team. The Lions defense, better than expected to this point, Will it sustain going further for the last eight games? Yeah, it will. And and the reason why is that their cornerbacks are, are a lot better than most people give them credit for. Darius Slay is a legit top five shutdown corner in this league. There are weeks where he is the best cornerback in the league. He proved it against Antonio Brown. Nobody has played Antonio Brown better than Darius Slay did this year. He he's He's got the swagger with it, too. They have a fantastic free safety in Glover Quinn, who covers a whole yeah. lot of sins for guys in front of him. He he is a great eraser. He's a ball hawk, one of the truly underrated gems in the league, and has been for a long time. He's playing fantastic. The the, the problem for the, the the Lions, they don't get a consistent pass rush. Ziggy Anza has been a big disappointment. That that that's been a, a source of frustration. Uh, Anthony Zettel is what he is. He's a he's a plugger. He's a complimentary rusher who's asked to be the alpha rusher. It just doesn't work out all that often. Uh, they are good up the middle. Ashawn Robinson will stop the run. Uh, if if the Browns get cute and try to run Crow on some of those, you know, dancing draw plays, he's going to bury him. But uh, the the vulnerability is over the middle of the field if you act quickly, and and that's unfortunately that's not Kaiser's strong suit. But yeah, the, this Lions defense is. They're very legit. Uh, Quandre Diggs, their slot corner, not a very good cover man, but but. Pound for pound, the best tackler in the NFL. I will, I will. I have no problem saying that. He's 180 pounds. He is one of the hardest hitting and best fundamental tackling safeties in space or corners in the league. 
Uh, very, very fun guy to watch. Similar to to Brian Body Calhoun, uh, as you nice. know. I got I, I love Body. He's he's so good. He's so I'm so happy for that kid. Uh, can I tell a quick story about Body? Go for it. All right. So we're at the Shrine game uh, two years ago. And he, I, I had watched him at Minnesota. I actually saw their bowl game that year um, and, and was a big fan of his. And I went up to him and, and I was talking to him. And he was so appreciative that I that I was aware of his game and, and that, you know, I, I knew who he was and everything. And he was like, man, you know, I, I just want somebody to give me a shot because it seems like, you know, teams aren't that high on me. If you remember, everybody liked Eric Murray, his teammate. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's not that good. And uh, <laughs> so so I stuck I stuck with with my guy, Body. And uh, I, I'm so happy for him. I, when he got cut by Jacksonville and as an undrafted free agent, I'm like, oh man, really? I mean, this guy. He, I have a soft spot for plucky slot corners. <laughs> he's the epitome of that. So the, just the fact that he's he's done well and he he remembered who I was. He, I, I've had back channel communications with him. Couldn't be a better guy to succeed. And the fact that he's a PFF darling, I think, is great. But the fact that he's proving that he belongs in the league as a legit good starting cornerback, it, it just makes me so happy. Yeah, no, and that's the thing because, you know, with all of this, you know, I mean, there's always this couple of guys we end up developing a relationship with. And Kevin Johnson now from the Texans will still message back and forth. And he's like, dude, I'll never forget. He's like, you were the guy. It was a 49 nothing Florida State whitewashing of Wake Forest. And even my wife sitting next to me, who is this number nine on this other team? And it was, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I'm with you. I was like, right. And it, you know, it, it's, it's, it, and that's always the cool thing. You know, the guys appreciate the fact that, you know, somebody sees something and somebody's sticking up for these guys. Um, all right, Jeff, a minute or two here more. Um, I'll ask you for a prediction. Um, but, and the other thing though, on the cornerback, everybody always wants to talk top five cornerbacks. It, it drives me nuts every week, you know, there's 96 basically cornerbacks starting between two starters and a nickel. It's so weird that everybody always wants to talk top five, top five, top five. It's so different than any other position because, you know, there's 96 cornerbacks minimum playing every week, you know, and so many guys get swept under the rug. And that's, you know, kind of why I like, I, I, I appreciate and why, likewise what you did about the uh, Lions duo. Um, but a quick prediction here before we head on out. Yeah, I, I I like where the Lions are at. I think they're confident. I think they need this is a must win game for them. They're, they're still two games back of the Vikings. We're getting Teddy Bridgewater back. They're focused. Yes, it's a short week, uh, but but they're at home. The home crowd has been very supportive this year. This is this is a game that I, normally in the past this was a game that I would be worried about the uh, about the Browns coming in and and, and stealing. Not this Browns team against this Lions team. Uh, the Lions are very well coached. They're poised. I, I, I think they're going to win. I'm, I don't think that the, the Lions offense is going to find a great deal of scoring success. So I'm going to say it's going to be 24 to 10. I'm okay with that. I, you know, I, I, we'll see after the bye week. I'd like to see a little bit more. And you know, as much as I love Kaiser, I think it's a tough situation where he's trying to learn. I don't think he's got the true skill talent around him. I don't know. Maybe somebody in that you know will wake up and say, hey. Let's make sure Duke Johnson touches the ball 20 times this week. But hey, I there's that. a thought. That'd be nice. You know, I mean, you know, you know, save your best running back because maybe in three years you, you know, you'll find a time where, hey, everything else is in place. Oh, wait, no, Duke Johnson left. Oh, wait, we don't have him anymore. But, hey, who knows on that. Hey, um, I'll I, say one thing about this. This is a week where Isaiah Crowell knows he's auditioning for his team next year, and the Lions have a buttload of cap room this offseason and will need a running back. So he could have a big day. He could be poised for that. 
I'm not sure if you want to bring in a guy though who at week two of the year, when his you know you know yards per carry was 2.7, says, "Yeah, I can't lie to you. I'm really concerned about my next contract." So <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair and point. I, and I was an Isaiah Crowell guy, but it's like, oh, dude, are you kidding me? Like, are you going to even talk about your contract right now? Your contract right now is one-year league minimum, bro. But uh, Big Brother Jeff, always, always a pleasure talking with you. Uh, you know, look, between the Browns affiliation, draft affiliation, we're going to find some more time for you going down that line. But always a good time catching up, bro. Anytime, my friend. All right, buddy. You be good. Locked on Browns, episode 111, your Thursday edition, brought to you by mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Guys, Matt Miller tomorrow night. We'll talk to you guys then. Good night, everybody.